This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions. Today's big question, is God just for kids? We're asking today's big question to Colin Buchanan. Colin is an aria, apra and nine times golden guitar winning singer-songwriter whose diverse career includes being an ABC TV play school presenter, sought-after hit song collaborator and Australia's number one Christian kids artist. He's written numerous musical albums and he's a popular performer around Australia and he joins me now, Colin. Welcome to Bigger Questions. Hello, Rob. Uh, I was uh, just listening to that thinking I'd like to meet that guy. Well, Colin, you do have an impressive CV. Uh, You're a popular performer. Is there a particular way that you like to be introduced? Uh, I'm always a bit self-conscious about, uh, um, you know, I realise people need something to hang their hat on. And so it's mm. it, it's good to say, oh, you know, he's a guy from play school. People go, oh, right, yeah, yeah, I remember that. You know, it's usually the parents, not the children, <laughs> unless they've started to mine YouTube for those old 90s uh, play schools that are, that are lurking there uh, quite, yeah. quite delightfully. You know, or you won an ARIA award or an APRA award, that's sort of a good thing to say. But when it sort of lingers on a bit too long, it's like, well, get on with it, you know. <laughs> You know, it's it's the law of the jungle out there, and is is this guy going to keep my attention or isn't he? You know, and right, um, yeah. So I don't. No, I don't really. Bre- brevity is probably you know the, the, the <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. So this is Colin. He's a musician. How about that? Yeah, that'll do. Okay. Sure. <laughs> well, Colin, you do have a diverse range of musical interests. Nine times Golden Guitar winner, and you've also written multiple children's albums. Do you ever get confused when you're doing a gig? Maybe sing country songs for kids or kids songs at a country gig uh, that's an interesting uh, thought I, I've created a rod for my own back really and that you yeah. know I've got these multiplicitous is that a word elements to my career thankfully it's only rarely that I've had the clear country music fans stand up in a children's show when I'm up the front dressed as a caveman <laughs> singing Jesus said I am the way hoo 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 and they and they're thinking this isn't exactly Galaz and the Gigi. Um, uh, and they've sort of quietly slipped out. Probably not so quietly said, can I have my money back? Um, right, yeah. You know, if, if it's a country show and I've, uh, you know, the kids have all come along. Uh, hopefully we do our job right and, and we warn people what they're getting into. So, Colin, you have a multiplicity of musical interests and talents. So when, when did you discover that you were musical, that you could play the guitar, sing and, and even write songs? Uh, I, ne- I never thought of myself as musical growing up. I was attracted to music and Dad uh, had uh, records, particularly my dad. Um, but I, So I just found myself singing around the back garden but not performing. And I was, I, I was in a, a Sunday school musical when I was about nine or ten and it was, mm. apart from the fact that it was terrifying, I, I, it was um, obviously I had just enough talent to... Uh, <laughs> To be the lead at the Lagano Picos United Church Sunday School concert, but uh, <laughs> uh, which mentioned that you didn't mention that. That's a prestigious role. You yeah, didn't, I didn't put mention that. In no, I didn't mention it. that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I was very, very self-conscious with music, any musical pursuits. But then I got to church, and and you know, it's sort of music is a big part of being a Christian. You know, being involved in church. And I played the ukulele a little bit because Dad brought one home, and we sort of picked out some chords. And then uh, it was a bit inevitable. It's like, stop playing that thing here. Here's a guitar, play that. So, you know, you learn three chords and you start playing some of the songs sort of sheepishly at the back of the, of the youth group 
guitar <laughs> band. And that sort of became a, there was a bit of a drive to create as well. I've always had a drive to create in one way or another. And, uh, and I found myself just wanting to put words together. In fact, I, I was amazed when a friend of mine who's been a Presbyterian minister now for basically nearly all his working life, but when he sat me down and sang a song and I said, wow, that's great. And he said, yeah, yeah, Margie and I wrote that yesterday. And it was like, oh, it's, it sounds like a real song. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, wow, you just wrote that? So, uh, you know, I, I was encouraged to create in, in our church and... Um, and at the same time, I just loved hearing, you know, especially folk music. And I love the music of, say, the Eagles and Jackson Brown and that sort of West Coast American sound. And uh, and I just loved the joy of music. You know, I was listening to 2SM in Sydney as a kid. So that was, uh, that was rock radio, you know, pop radio. And, uh, you know, I just love what songs can do and mm. how they make me feel and and to be standing sort of inside again standing inside a song or stand you know performing a song and seeing the power that that song has to uh to to delight or or move people or or make people feel something that they you know hadn't mm. sort of really it, it, it creates a door into experience for people that is mm. really quite unique and powerful now, so, so Colin, a lot of your music is Christian, singing about God, yeah. Jesus, and the Bible. Yeah. So, why is that? I guess I I learned from my, you know, or I I created a desire to to have content in my songs, and I felt mm. that that was really important. Whereas, um, a song that actually has what I think is you know biblical content. Uh, theology, the knowledge of God, and uh, and behind, you know, if this was a a dialogue with someone who didn't share my Christian convictions, they'd probably want to ask, wait, 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 where's this coming from? And I suppose that hmm. you know that the Bible's at the core of it. If you understand that God is a speaking God, and that He's spoken in His Word, um, uh, the Scriptures, uh, it's not the only way He's spoken, but it's 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 His revelation, if you like, to us in an in incredible depth and detail. To be able to inject that revelation into song is a really powerful and beautiful and potent thing, and you know. So then what convinced you then that the Christian message was true? You know, why do you follow the Saviour, so to speak? Yeah, well, uh, I'm one of these uh, people who was uh, quite convinced as a child. And um, yeah. I found myself in a church that was, I suppose, more evangelical and a faithful Sunday school teacher when I was just hitting year seven, so about 11 or 12, who who was an engineering student um, and was involved in, uh, I think, the Navigators, uh, who were a movement of um, Bible teaching, sort of very Bible-centered uh, ministry at, his, at New South Wales Uni. He, uh, we, we went through one of their Bible studies and that unfolded what I would call what we'd understand as the gospel, like the problem of people's existence and of sin mm. and, and God's solution of, to that in Christ. And it had never actually been sort of put quite so clearly. It had been put in sort of more romantic terms, ask Jesus into your heart. And I'd responded yeah. to that as, as a seven-year-old. And I think quite genuinely that, you know, I, I understood God existed I understood that I could have a relationship with him and I wanted that relationship. But then when I understood the mechanics of that, that I'd been estranged from God. So perhaps I just sort of retrofitted a bit more understanding to that, but I needed no convincing that I was a sinner. 
and I think in our honest moments, none of us do. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. by implication, uh, that makes me estranged from God. And then to discover that the message of the Bible is that God has stepped into history in the person of Jesus Christ to reconcile sinners to himself. And the picture of Jesus' life is, a, is just a succession of arresting and confronting and surprising encounters of broken people and unclean people and outcasts and sinners and proud people as well with the truth of God in the flesh, in Jesus. Mm. And then the great problem of, uh, of death which is a universal one that that uh, doesn't matter who you are and doesn't matter how smug you look at anyone who believes anything, you're floating on the ocean of mortality along with the rest of us. Mm. And Jesus, uh, you know, walked straight into the uh, the path, of, uh, the oncoming path of death and did it in, in such a profound way as God's man, as God's representative, mm. as our representative. So that's that. All, all of that is very compelling to me, and, uh, and that was good news for you. It was like chocolate. That's what I like to say. It's uh, <laughs> when I, when I, I mean, I, I know I believe I believed as a child, but uh, I'm not a child anymore. And there's been a lot of living uh, in the meantime. I've had a great life, and uh, I've raised a family, and had a lot of life experiences, and so I don't sort of uh, go back to a little sort of fluffy faith that I keep in a little glory box under my bed and have and and go ah, and then return to the real grown-up life. But it's just uh, I carry that faith with me, and in fact, Jesus hmm. commends a childlike faith, not a stupid, dumb imaginary faith <laughs> yeah although you, you said that you were convinced as a child like it was obviously your childhood was, was influential for you but english comedian jimmy carr once said we've all got imaginary friends i have just grown out of mine hmm. and he was referring to god there so isn't god something you just grow out of uh well this is this is the uh you know no no disrespect to jimmy carr but it sort of stuns me i mean it's i guess i'd answer that question by what do I find to write songs about? I've written a lot of songs, a lot of songs for kids, uh, or under the under the uh, you know the, the disguise of kids' songs. I just find that the Bible is so full of um, depth. There's so much depth. Yeah, you grow out of imaginary friends. Sure, it's a little like saying, you know what, cancer. I just think it's overrated. Everyone talks about it. I'm just not going to get it. I just think it. You know, and you'd say, well, that'll be fine unless you do. Mm. <laughs> um, and I just think, well, I understand God to be infinite and I understand imaginary friends to be make-believe. And uh, mm. God is real and infinite. And um, I love that the Bible is, is sort of thinking about this because I'd heard that quote of Jimmy Carr's before. And I love how the Bible is so full. You can't, no one can get the jump on the Bible it's it's just like you read a psalm, like in churches, in thousands of churches across the world, uh, people have read psalm, a psalm that says, the fool says in his, in his heart, there is no God. It's like it's not like the Bible's going, what? Someone, someone said there's no God? What do we do now? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's full of, it's so realistic. Mm. So you just mentioned that your kids' songs are often a disguise so are you writing for adults as well when you're writing your kids' songs? Oops, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, that was a secret. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Well, you know, back in the day when we used to, uh, if you got up there in the last hymn or there was a hymn from the 600s, I think, and I don't mean AD 600, I mean um, round about the 600s, they, that was the section in the old Scottish hymn book, uh, Presbyterian hymn book for uh, hymns for children. And very often they could be the spine tinglers, you know, they'd be the ones that give you the goosebumps because they just had this really potent simplicity to them. So um, I've found too that, you know, you, you notice that it's the kids talk where everyone's listening in a church. Mm. You know, the parents aren't, maybe some parents are on their phones, but back in the day, <laughs> you, you could feel everyone focused, you know, on the kids talk. Mm. On the one hand, there's something very universal about pitching something simply and and sort of quite, um, you know, vitally to children that attracts the interest of even big people. But there's also the other side of the coin is that uh, children grow up. This is a discovery that I've made. Uh, I made, <laughs> yeah. it, made it personally and, uh, and I've also <laughs> observed it in others. And it's a cruel thing indeed. If you, if you were a conduit to an imaginary friend that when people do grow up and they discover, ah, okay, I get it, it was just... Goldilocks and the three bears, you know, it was nice for a time or, or maybe it was the, you know, the, the, uh, the hare and the tortoise, you know, a fable, mm. you learn something from it, but there wasn't a real hare and, you know, it's never been a race. Whereas uh, I've always been very conscious that if I'm going to try and put the Bible into a kid's song, then it needs to bear the weight of time and age and experience. And, you know, mm. I, I can't entirely you know, that doesn't mean I try and say everything in a kid's song. And that is something that I do. I, I've observed some kid's songs and I think, oh, you don't have to say everything. Just, <laughs> right, yeah. just say one thing, you know, and then yeah. say something else in another one. Yeah. So, so Colin, do you, do you think that you've written any spine tinglers? Um, or is there any that you think, oh, actually, that's not a bad song. I'm happy with that one. I. But I like to quote Paul Kelly at this point, the Australian singer-songwriter, who when receiving his APRA Lifetime Achievement Award, and and uh, what a worthy recipient, uh, and he said something along the lines of, if I knew how to write a good song, that'd all be good. You know, that's that's why not every hymn in the hymn book's a good hymn, because mm. music's, that's why, that's why not every ACDC song is a banger. Some of them just mm. sound like the other one before it and the one after it and just occasionally. <laughs> and they don't know what makes a great song. Mm. And, and in the pop, you know, when, you, when you're writing songs with other people, you don't know whether that song's going to – you just don't know. You, you can take all the time and think everything's in the right place and then it just doesn't happen. So you got to be willing to sort of say – okay, I was there when that song was written. <laughs> but uh, in terms of just some of that mystery, that transcendence, and I, and I think that's true, you know, across music. I've got a song called Be Strong and Courageous, and um, that song has gone into places that I could never have anticipated. And uh, I don't even remember writing that song. I, I think I wrote it in Kangaroo Valley when I was away on uh, writing for the, the album that it was on. And I don't, but I don't recall exactly how or when or what. But um, that song's been sung in just, it's a song that seems to gather lots of ages. It's got a sort of lullaby mm. quality to it, which means that kids can sing it. But that lullaby quality is also sort of seems to have a content to it that is very resonant 
across the spectrum of ages. But so, yeah, so that's that's one that's, mm. but, but, you know, I don't, I can try, I go, oh, okay, well, that people like that song. I'll write another one of those. <laughs> you know, mm. it's... Um, <laughs> Good Be luck. even stronger. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. That's right. You've got to sort of, uh, yeah, the yeah. music's yeah. constantly constantly a, humbling you. They call it the X factor, I think, don't they? That's one of the, the things that, and you just can't bottle that. It's just no. something that you just have and some people resonate with it and some people don't. Yeah. 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 So then maybe maybe thinking a bit about kids and, their, and, and God and teaching them about God. Now, some people are like, Richard Dawkins, for example, says that children need to be protected from religion and that teaching children about God is indoctrination and the tantamount to child abuse. Now, potentially, as, as you produced children's albums, you're maybe a professional indoctrinator, perhaps. Mm. How do you respond to that? Well, what's behind Dawkins' criticism? I mean, really, it's just that it's not true. Like, if you said, I think it's indoctrination to say, look right, look left, and to insist that children hold your hand before they cross the road, you know, that's they should be allowed to discover that for themselves. And you'd say, well, you know, there's peril if you don't, if mm. children. And, uh, and I think if you understand the Bible to be true, then you think, well, there's not just peril, but there's also wonderful opportunities to, to live life under God his way. And that's, that's your understanding if you're someone who has faith and clearly Dawkins doesn't. So mm. why does he get to make up the rules of soccer if he doesn't even play the game? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so there's a compulsion to, you know, to pass on what you believe and Jesus commends faith. That's the other thing that those little sort of, uh, tectonic plates of faith that were happening in my life as a seven and eight year old were, were very significant and that's a sacred thing you know and, I, and for me I don't I don't take that lightly that as kids are putting the world together and putting faith together you know I wouldn't want them to believe it because I tell them it's true I, I, and in fact you know again that's that theme of transcendence is probably Mm. a relevant thing to say that that Christians believe in transcendence because we there's a transcendent and present God part of how we understand God's nature to exist and um, so God is at work in kids lives and you've got to be very sort of cautious and careful with that and that faith that a childlike faith is commended mm. by Christ and uh, and I think that's a that's a really you know, wonderful, potent thing. And and soon enough, children do grow up. And here we are, you know, and I and I, I do draw comfort. It's not sort of the only thing I draw comfort in my faith, but I think there's a lot of smarter people than me <laughs> out there who have, you know, mined the Bible and lived life and, and, and not found it wanting, you mm. know. And I, you know, and that's part of why I, I read, you know, I'm not a, not a brain, but I, you know, I try and read quite broadly, not just Christian material, but, you know, mm. read across what's on offer out there and to sort of examine life and think about life. And I, I haven't sort of stubbed my toe on something where I think, oh, my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> you know, I've quite the opposite. No. Because if you stub your toe, then I suppose you have to remember the Lord, then, don't you? <laughs> Reference to <laughs> another uh, song of mine. We're very good. Which, which interestingly, uh, here's one: a boy who actually sang on the original recording of that went on to military college and was polishing as one of their disciplinary measures. He was polishing a tap, which is like okay for for twelve hours polish the tap and I want to see my reflection in it, you know, and it was just like a pretty brutal sort of experience. And he said, he just sang, remember the Lord over and over again. And that's what got him through. 
<laughs> and I thought, isn't that interesting? Just again, you know, like kids grow up and it's like, how horrible if he just went back to that song and just found that it sort of dissolved, mm. you know? And so but it actually, it touched into a deep reality. So this kid's song has actually touched to a deep reality, which has actually impacted him as an adult going forward in yeah, some of yeah. challenging situations. So, 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 I mean, in answer to the other question, are you writing these songs for adults? In a way, if they're not for adults they're, and they're just songs that kids can grow out of, then um, to me that that speaks to the sort of, um, I don't know, that, that perhaps something about the content of them is found wanting. Mm. Whereas if you mm. under, for all of that, I believe the Bible to be, it's, it's not something that's going to stop when you're age 12 or 10 or, you know, it's, it's something that should carry you and will carry you mm. through to, uh, you know, all the way. Mm. So now, Colin, a good number of your songs are memory verses uh, where you make a tune to accompany a verse of the Bible. So maybe is this is this is not because you're necessarily bad with lyrics and you're not necessarily, you're, you just can't come up with lyrics, I suppose. is That's not the only reason. You also you want people to understand the Bible, don't you? Is that that's the... Uh, well, I, yeah, it's more my memory. I'm, I'm a shocker with lyrics. <laughs> I can't remember that. I've, I've got this song that I'm yeah, for a new country album and I'm trying to, uh, I'm thinking it, it could be a good single, but I'm just keep putting myself on stage probably with a reasonable size audience thinking I'm just not going to remember the words of that song. And <laughs> so, so I'm terrified. So I, I actually, I taught at a Christian school for a little while and part of the curriculum was uh, memory verses. And I taught Sunday school back in the day and, and uh, we do memory verses and uh, you know, the kids would get a sticker or something if they can remember memory verse. And I thought, oh, well, I, I'm not going to remember these if I don't do something <laughs> and fast. So I put them to music and, um, yeah, yeah. And and look, uh, one of the earliest ones was Isaiah 53, 6. And that was a little bit controversial amongst my friend, my friend who I mentioned who'd written the song, the Prezi guy, um, said, oh, it's sort of, it goes, we all like sheep have gone astray. Ba, ba, do, ba, ba. Each of us has turned to his own way. Ba, ba, do, ba, ba. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Sing, ba, ba, do, ba, ba, Isaiah 53, 6. Ooh. <laughs> and the kids remembered it and my mate said yeah but it's it's pretty it's a pretty serious verse if you just sort of yeah. start to pick but away the, but but the barbars aren't in the original version either is that right <laughs> that's right i put the barbars in later okay yeah, right yeah. okay so yeah. sorry yeah just to confirm those who aren't familiar with isaiah 536 uh the barbar do was a uh clever little device i added like poetic device perhaps <laughs> yeah but uh i had thought at the time and it sounds a bit grim but uh i i was fast forwarding thinking perhaps life is at its end and uh, perhaps dramatically so or maybe just a there's just a moment where these kids who've learnt this verse have a moment to consider well you know perhaps they they haven't really thought about where they stand with God and what what he who he is and what he's done and that that verse is a, is a pretty unique in verse in the bible and that it really it sort of encapsulates the whole thought of our own sin and frailty and fraughtness God's greatness and goodness and then the provision of Jesus as you know the the one the, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world as uh, as mm. he's called and uh, that actually takes that sin you know that whole transference and and uh, so I thought wow it's a pretty potent verse if you can lodge it in there with a couple of ba ba do ba bas <laughs> But is the word iniquity, because it does talk about iniquity, and this is the sort of the sin, the brokenness, the, the corruption yep. that, 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 that has been laid on Jesus. 
Is that word too much for kids to understand, do you think? Well, this is an interesting thing because I, I think there's too much for kids to understand in a lot of my songs and I'm sort of quite comfortable with that because uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot for me to understand in those, in, not just in the songs but in the truths behind the songs. So I think, you know, th- those, those of us who are, you know, uh, canny with our money, you know, would say, look, when you're buying your kids stuff, they're growing all the time. Just buy it a little bit big, see if you can get a little bit longer out of it. And so I, I don't mind the sleeves of some of my songs <laughs> hang, being a little long, you know, hanging over the hands a little bit or maybe needing to be rolled up because th- there is a sense in which, I mean, that verse in itself, you know, and people have said, oh, you've destroyed that verse Um, because, you know, people can't read it without going, bah, bah, do, bah, bah. And lots of people say that because it's a verse that people come back to again and again and again. And they do that. They've been doing that for hundreds and thousands of years. And they do that because it is a profound verse. And there's a sense in which Bible truth is always well over our hands. The sleeves are always too long in a sense. And then that's the gift of preachers when they they take something that maybe is familiar or or writers, you know, where they take something that's a bit familiar and they just uh, reveal its depth in in a fresh way that that is vital. That's something, if you like to stretch the analogy, it is something you can wear, you know. It's not Mm. something to just ponder as an abstract but iniquity is i mean that's a very potent thought isn't it that's a one word description of us all according to that Mm. verse so colin is god just for kids god is not just for kids but god is for kids because uh i I love that we don't infer that but that god articulates that is jesus said let the children come so children have this wonderful capacity to to know God, that the infinite God cherishes their worship and values their relationship, and he knows they're going to grow up. (laughs) And he's going to be incredible to them as children, and he's going to be incredible to them as adults too, as life starts to uh, take its chips and its bumps and its knocks and its scrapes, uh, as it does for all of us. And he won't be found wanting when that child 92 years later or 22 years later or 58 years later uh, has to lay down and in the sleep of death uh, to know that they'll be carried through that on to an eternity with this God who will just keep unfolding. There's always another hill of wonder, you know, what's the Narnia thing? They're jumping up waterfalls and saying onwards, deeper. (laughs) And uh, there's that sort of delight and I think maybe there'll be something, there'll be echoes of child, childlikeness, not naivety, but actual childlike joy and experience um, in, in the eternity that we have with, with God. Well, let me leave you with some of the Bible's answer to the big question, is God just for kids? From Isaiah 53, 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Thanks very much to our guest today, Colin Buchanan. Tally-ho, Rob. Enjoy Bigger Questions? You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash biggerquestions.